Our second scripture is Matthew 5, verses 13 to 20. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your parent in heaven. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Or truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. We celebrate the written word of scripture. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Please pray with me. Holy God, thy word is a lamp unto my path and a light unto our feet. May your light come to shine in the lives we lead as we hear and experience and embody your living word. Amen. Well, choir, thank you. That was amazing. Amen, amen, amen. Um, as Patrick mentioned, today's scripture brings us familiar sayings. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Don't hide it under a bushel. Let your light shine. Those sayings have become part of our popular culture. We say that someone is salt of the earth to say that they are good, dependable people, what my Jewish friends might call a mensch. Oh, so-and-so, well, they're salt of the earth. And letting your light shine, I can't help but think of that song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine, which I bet most of us could sing by heart. Like the Beatitudes that we heard last week, these are beloved, life-affirming sayings that we carry around with us in our heart. And as with the Beatitudes, there is so much more. There is so much more going on here in the Gospel of Matthew. We're continuing on through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Remember, last week we experienced the Beatitudes. Jesus is born into a troubled world, a world of oppression and power over Herod's world. He's baptized God's own beloved. He begins to heal our broken places, and then Jesus proclaims the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
a brave new world that's breaking forth even now into the midst of the crumbling old order. And Jesus goes up on a mountain and sits down to teach and says, this is what that brave new world looks like. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek and the merciful. Blessed are all those who thirst for hunger and righteousness. Jesus announces a brave new world characterized not by power over and abuse, but by mutual power and mutual care. And he says, blessed are you. Blessed are you when you live this out right here, right now. This is who you are in Christ. And then, in his next breath, in this morning scripture, Jesus goes on and says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now notice that the you here is plural, not singular. It's spoken to us all. You all are the salt of the earth. Notice also that it is descriptive. This is not a command. Jesus is saying something that is, something that is a fact about us. You are the salt of the earth. And notice that salt is useful. Then as now salt was an elemental seasoning, you add a little bit and it flavors a whole dish. Salt is a preservative. Salt is necessary for life. And so Jesus says, if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salt, uh, salty again? Salt is created to be salty. Let salt be salty. And remember that you. With this elemental image, Jesus is saying something about us. You are salt of the earth. Let salt be salty. In this brave new world, this is the fact of you. Your identity, my identity, be who you are created to be. Be ones who live out this brave new world in relationships of mutual power and care for the blessing, the seasoning, the life of the whole world. Or as Amy Levine says, be salty to season and preserve and make the whole world alive. You are the salt of the earth. Let salt be salty. Same thing with light. You are the light of the world. Light is from the very beginning. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light, too, is necessary for life, for plants to make oxygen, for us to breathe and see and thrive. Matthew has already pointed to the light with the star that the Magi follow and with the echo of the prophet's words. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. For Matthew, Jesus is light. And here Jesus turns to his disciples and says, you all, are the light of the world. Salt of the earth, light of the world, as he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says something about us, and then he connects that. He says something about himself. Don't think I have come to abolish or tear down the law and the prophets. I have come to fulfill them. What you are seeing here, what you are hearing here, is fulfillment. All the words of the law and the prophets actualized being realized in Christ in this moment. Whoever does and teaches what I am saying here lives that out. The brave new world breaking forth into the crumbling old order, we 
actualize that when we live it out. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let salt be salty. Let light shine. Emerson Powery pulls it all together like this. Who are the salt of the earth? They are the humble, the ones who mourn, the meek, and those who thirst after doing what is right in the world. Who are the light of the world? They are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and those who receive abuse for standing up for what is right. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Be who you are created to be. At the beginning of the sermon, I mentioned this little light of mine. It's a catchy little song that in the 1950s and 60s was embraced by the civil rights movement and became what's known as a freedom song. A few years back, NPR featured the history of that song in a series on American anthems. No one really knows who wrote this little light of mine. It was around in the popular culture. It's easy to sing. That's what makes it ideal as a freedom song. Freedom songs are usually simple tunes with lyrics that make it possible to adapt the words to the particular moment, to the particular cause, to the particular protest. Songs like This Little Light of Mine were not only embraced, they were learned and taught as what Candy Carowin calls nonviolent weapons of the civil rights movement. The songs were taught at the Highlander Folk School that many of us know about, which trained up activists in nonviolent direct action. Carowan, who was married to the music director, says it like this. Freedom songs are a way to speak to power in a way that's not going to get you shot. It's a way to say, here we are, this is what we think, this is what we feel, but you know, we're singing it. Freedom songs empowered the freedom riders and protesters who faced the very worst of white power. Legendary activists like Fannie Lou Hamer recorded them and passed them on so that others could use them. You may remember last May, we talked about how Fannie Lou Hamer led folks in singing freedom songs about Paul and Silas in a Mississippi jail. Freedom songs had and have a particular power. Ruth May Harris remembers that they helped steady protesters' nerves as abusive police officers threatened to beat them or worse. Freedom songs have both assertive and protective power. Harris says music was an anchor. It kept us from being afraid. You start singing a song and somehow those billy clubs won't hit you. It was a moment where you could almost outsing the powers. This little light of mine had that same impact more recently in the movement to respond to and to oppose the white supremacist gathering in Charlottesville, Virginia. Do you remember that? Back in 2017, white supremacists and Nazis and all manner of right-wing extremists descended on Charlottesville with their violence and their hate. Counter-protesters went there too to stand against those particular evils. Reverend, Reverend Osejefo Seku was one of those leading and participating in the counter-protest. 
At one point, they faced a group of white supremacists chanting, you will not replace us. The counter-protest plan had to been to stand silently in opposition, a powerful, nonviolent strategy in itself. But Reverend Seku, who says this is what he's a Pentecostalist and says this is what Pentecostals do, he looked around, he saw Nazis marching past, he felt the tensions rising, he said he knew something had to change the atmosphere. That's his Pentecostal um, thinking coming there. Something had to change the atmosphere before things got physically violent. And so he started to sing this little light of mine. Not softly and sweetly, but steadily with strength and conviction. And others joined in one by one. Cornell West was there until this larger group, a group larger than, the, than the, this particular group of white supremacists, they joined in. They've got this on video. And the white supremacists look entirely bewildered. Their hate-filled chants just fade away as this little light of mine grows stronger and stronger. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Now, I want to say that I thought of showing the video. And a link to the whole NPR news story will be in the footnotes of my sermon if you want to experience it and a lot of other versions of this little light of mine. But we had one of my best friends staying with us this week. She works for the Southern Poverty, Poverty Law Center. You may know them for their work, um, their amazing work standing against hate and hate crimes and hate groups. And with her counsel, because we talk about these things, I've decided that we won't play the video here because it includes white supremacist voices. We won't give any platform, even for teaching, we won't give any platform to white supremacist voices. We will speak truth. We'll speak truth about the evil that they say and do in the world, but we will not. We will not give a platform in this holy space for their voices and their hate. Reverend Seku and the counter-protesters, when they sang, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, they in fact let light shine. They actualized not only the song they were singing, but the truth it embodies in the midst of the crumbling old order. A brave new world is breaking forth even now. A world of mutual power and care embodied in the humanity and dignity of all people. You are the salt of the earth. Let salt be salty. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. We will sing this little light of mine in just a moment as we come forward for communion, as we gather at this table. And when a room full of mostly white folks sing a song that comes to us from African-American traditions, particularly in Black History Month, we need to give some thought to what we are singing and how we are singing it and why just to make sure that we're not appropriating it. We need to ask, what does this song mean in their context, in its original context, and how might we honor that in ours with full credit and gratitude and integrity? 
In our anti-racism work, we are learning about the systems and structures of American racism and how we have participated and benefited from those systems. The same systems, the same systems that civil rights activists continue to oppose. We are learning together how to stop. How to stop and then to join the work of dismantling, rebuilding, and repair. When we, when we sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine in this moment, in this context, it means that we will shine light on those systems and structures, even if it means that we shine light on our own participation. We will shine light on those systems that have been constructed to benefit white folks and to harm people of color. And we'll do that whether we are shining that light on national issues or on the inequitable housing patterns in Marin County. We will do that when we are naming disparities in wealth that flow from racism-based systemic disparities in opportunity. We will do that when we are shining the light on policing practices and cultures that continue to harm and kill far too many black people. When we sing, when we sing this little light of mine, if we mean it, we must sing a commitment and a willingness to change. And so, so when we sing it in just a moment, I'm going to suggest and I'm going to invite us to sing it not lightly, but as a song of steady commitment and humble resolve, remembering that in communion, in communion, we profess that what we are experiencing in our bodies and in our lives is the real presence of Christ. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus comes with healing power in his hands, proclaiming the kingdom of God, the reign of heaven is at hand. A brave new world is breaking forth even now, a world of mutual power and mutual care embodied in the humanity and dignity of all people and love for all creation. You are the salt of the earth. Let salt be salty. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine.